0: Good morning, everyone.
1: Good afternoon to
2: those in different time zones online. I hope your practice here and around the world is going smoothly, step by step.
1: So, this morning I'll
2: offer instructions on the third foundation of mindfulness. Some of you might be very familiar with this famous sutta, the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha's teachings on mindfulness. So he offers four categories or four foundations, four establishments. These are wide arenas Uh, of objects for our mindfulness. And loosely, most of these retreats, depending on their length and theme, often in the morning instructions were loosely following that scheme of the satipatthana. We're not always naming that. So you might stay curious as you listen to meditation instructions. Oh, this is from the mindfulness of the body foundation. We started without body, breath, first foundation of mindfulness. The second is what's called Vedana in Pali. Oren touched on this briefly yesterday. It's usually translated as feeling tone, Vedana. Or it can be a, it's not necessarily emotions, not emotions. Feeling tone is more like the hedonic tone. There's only three. Something's either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So we can be aware of that valence, that hedonic feeling tone in every moment. And this is really important when we get into the third establishment, third foundation of mindfulness, which is mindfulness of citta, Chitta is one of these words that we don't really have an equivalent for in English. Often we hear a third foundation is mindfulness of mind. But in Western culture, we think about the mind being up here. And the chitta in Pali actually means here. So mindfulness of heart, heart states, mind states. Chitta being heart mind. And in this tradition, it's the same, the heart and the mind. So just to consider, how is that? How does our orientation towards this realm of heart and mind, thoughts, moods, emotions, if that's all located here, it's all the same emotions, thoughts, it's all the same establishment, does that change your experience? of the mental, emotional, psychological realm. The invitation today is to always begin in the body. We stay rooted in the body even as we turn to these um, more mental or emotional realms. So already you've heard some instructions on working with thoughts. On the first day, I think we had a question about working with planning mind or reviewing the past mind. So very simply name the kind of thought. And we get really familiar with what's our favorite soundtrack. Is it the planning? Is it the reminiscing? Is it the strategizing even for how you're gonna move through the schedule in the day? Is it thinking a lot about meditation? Sometimes that's a popular track. Okay, let's see. Am I doing my posture right? Oh, I'm feeling the breath, but actually I'm feeling the body too. Is this right? <laughs> Those thoughts. So we get familiar with the, our favorite flavor, and it can be helpful to use that soft mental note, which helps bring the mindfulness up. Oh, I'm aware that I'm planning. I'm aware that I'm... Thinking about my next vacation or um, reflecting on a relationship. So always with, especially this foundation, because we're so used to just having thoughts and emotions going all the time, we're turning our mindfulness to them and the label helps bring that awareness up. Oh, thinking. (laughs) And then we come back to the body. How is the thought or the emotion landing? in the landscape of the body, internally. And again, we have our favorites, our bodies might respond in a certain way. Oh, shoulders go up pretty immediately if we're having stressful thoughts, or a clenching in the belly. So we're becoming literate, we're reading the bodily emotions and knowing how the mental realm impacts the body. Also in his talk, Oren talked about the difference between hearing, just hearing the sound of the bell, the direct experience, and thinking about the bell. So playing with that distinction can be helpful because so often we're just in the realm of thoughts, thinking about what we're doing, (laughs) but can we come back to the body, the knowing embodiment experience of it? So it's not wrong to have thoughts. We're not getting rid of them. Often it's a misunderstanding that if we have no thoughts in meditation, then we're doing good. And that will happen. But the nature of the mind is to think, and so we need to be very familiar and comfortable with working with thoughts as the object of our meditation. So the other way you can play with this today is to notice how thoughts and emotions are connected. Often a thought will trigger an emotion or an emotion will bring a whole waterfall of thinking. Trying to solve the emotion, trying to figure things out. Maybe we're feeling an emotion of worry about the future or an urgency to try to decide something. That feeling then triggers all this planning and strategizing. So we're learning how are these, these functions of the heart mind related? How do they play off each other? And then how do we skillfully respond? We've given you lots you know, working with hindrances and being with the difficulty, practicing compassion. There's no one right answer. But I'm going to offer a particular frame this morning, Um, very well known, many of you might be familiar, with this technique we use in working with, in particular, very difficult emotions. And this acronym RAIN, it really is naming just what we're describing, right? That process of becoming aware of what's happening, allowing it, getting curious with it. And then bringing in some kind of compassion. So if you're a word person and you like acronyms, these four steps can help you remember. Is the volume okay, everybody here? Okay. Um, but you don't have to remember, R-A-I-N, if that feels too cumbersome for you. Just know it's intuitive. This is the instruction we've been giving all along. So R is Recognize. that's that simple first step of naming. And with emotions in particular, both thoughts and emotions, it's nice to be very specific with what you're feeling. Because often we know something's going on. We're having something in the realm maybe of sadness, but we're not exactly sure what that emotion is. Maybe it's a kind of subtle melancholy. And as we keep looking, oh... Maybe it's actually not even that unpleasant. There was just a shift in light and weather, and it made us feel softened and sensitive to the change of things. That goes into a kind of melancholy that actually feels a little sweet, too. So, this recognize can be very rich. You can go deep with the subtleties of these emotions and what you might normally just knee jerk label anxiety or label delight, might have all of these other layers of subtlety, flavors. So with recognize, you can really get specific, that's helpful. Once you know, oh, I'm experiencing a very particular form of embarrassment (laughs) that comes when I feel like someone was criticized, judging the way I take off my shoes, you know, something like this. Then we allow. <laughs> Can we allow the discomfort of that?
0: This one is maybe
2: my favorite step. Because with anything that's, dis- that's uncomfortable or difficult, there's always even a subtle layer of this shouldn't be happening. got to fix this, to get rid of it, I'm not okay. So the allow is really a deep invitation. What if I just felt like this for the rest of my life?
1: There's a deep surrender to that, a bowing. Okay, I'm going to be with this. might last all day.
2: No problem. No problem. Allowing. Often that feels like a kind of spaciousness. We can grow a little bit more to hold what's happening. And also just to say, this isn't just for difficult emotions. This can be for happiness, too. The Buddha said that on this path, we experience every flavor of happiness. A pretty good promise. So doing rain when you feel great, oh, this very particular form of joy that's arising. Just simply walking. So recognize, allow that joy. Let it be as big as it wants to be. And then the eye, the investigate, this one is a very light touch. Sometimes we can really dig and try to get too conceptual about the investigate factor. But with this one, a very light touch, just asking, what's, what's looking for my attention in this experience? Okay, I'm allowing it. What else needs my attention? And you might be surprised. Often for me when I do this step, I'm working with a difficulty and I ask what else is asking for my attention? There's like another perspective comes, another way of looking at something, uh, maybe a silver lining or, oh, I actually feel comfortable in my body even though I'm struggling in my mind. What else is asking for my attention? Or if it's something very painful, you can ask, what's the most painful part of this? And it's deepening again into allowing, really letting your mindfulness see and experience what's needing to be seen and known. You know, often it's like all these voices inside, they just want to be known. And then the N. Traditionally, this RAIN acronym was coined by Michelle McDonald, who we heard about a bit in Oren's talk. She uses the N as non-identification. So throughout, often we're very wedded to our thoughts and feelings. <laughs> right? and this is all about me. But the non-identification, the wisdom part, is this reflection. Oh, it's universal. This is part of the human experience to feel this particular form of embarrassment or this particular form of delight or sorrow. If there's a name for it, it means other people have experienced it too. So a kind of releasing the identification with the experience. Can it just be experience? Not me or mine. So it's the wisdom reflection at the end. Tara Brach uses the N to represent nurture or nourish. And it's a good reminder. I think all the way through this reign, there's a lot of um, implicit invitation to compassion. And just recognizing and allowing there's a lot of compassion already there. Being with yourself, that company. But if you need a little, this is always for me, I think I'm compassionate. And then I get to the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, nourish. Okay, is there another way I can hold this with a little more care? And I realize, oh, yeah, (laughs) there's always more ways I can hold this with compassion. Really feeling the ground beneath me, that sense of comfort. Or just taking in the beauty in the environment. That's a nice way to finish in rain. You know, you've sort of been through this whole journey. And then if even with a soft downward gaze with the eyes open, just really nourishing, letting yourself take in all the pleasant experience here, the light,
1: the wild turkeys outside. So rain, recognize, allow, investigate, non-identification and nurture. Should we try some together?
2: Okay. So I'll guide this RAIN meditation, but if you're really into the breath or the body or whatever other style of meditation you're doing, you can let the words roll right on by. You know, you do you, and just know whatever is working for you and your anchor. You have time to do RAIN leader not the right time. Oh, you can settle your body. And maybe notice if there's even a small adjustment you can make in terms of clothing or blanket to settle into the temperature and the cushion, support, maybe an extra support under your knees, whatever you need. Let me take care of the body here. It's nice to start with a deeper breath or two, letting the air fill your whole abdomen. Feeling the cleansing of the exhale, letting go of extra tension, knee stale breath. And as the breath returns to normal, setting up your home base. You finding this coming home
1: to your body, your belly. Maybe centering yourself in your lower belly, your dantian. Often we're moving
2: through the world above the chest. We feel located in the head somewhere. But in meditation, the center of you is your belly. So how is it to move down, down? Feel a deeper home in your body.
1: And working from that
0: belly space, your location. I'm just taking stock of the inner landscape in this moment,
1: always changing, and maybe a whole symphony of sensations inside, pressure, warmth,
0: coolness, weight.
1: Staying rooted in the body, in the body sensations.
2: You might just open with gentle curiosity. Is there a certain kind of mind state or heart state present for you right now?
0: It could be even a subtle
1: mood of contentment or enthusiasm or a little bit of dullness, fatigue or a sense of pushing
2: the practice and striving maybe just opening to whatever mind state is most predominant for you mood, emotion
1: even a pattern of thinking.
2: And spending a bit of time recognizing that state and getting the right word, the specific word or label, or very intimate even with the felt sense of whatever this mood or emotion is in you right now. And as you recognize it, can you allow it? This deep invitation in your body, heart, mind
1: to allow it to be just as it is.
0: Nothing to change or fix.
1: Yes, this sadness. I feel you and I'm allowing you to be as big as you need in a deep surrender to
0: this mood or emotion. It's just like this right now.
2: And if recognize and allow are feeling like the right choice for you, you're welcome to stay just with those first two.
1: I find in my own practice, it's really 80% recognize and allow.
0: And often that's enough.
1: So staying with allowing, if that feels right, or if there's some curiosity, even just a gentle looking in new at this experience. What else is there to know in this particular mind state or mood state? What else is asking for my attention? If you're with some kind of difficult
2: or unpleasant experience, maybe asking what's the most painful part about this? If you're with a pleasant emotion or thought, investigating, what were the conditions that brought this positive experience? Can I learn more about this?
1: You might ask, what's the underlying belief that's feeding this emotion?
2: So helpful to find your favorite question for investigating. And then whenever you need throughout the day, dropping in, what else is asking for my attention? Or whatever your favorite
0: question is.
2: And all the way through as we do this, there's a sense of wisdom that knows this is just experience it's not even that personal to me. It's just arising from causes and conditions that arise and pass according to the lawful
1: nature of things. Not my fault, not my possession, just experience unfolding, just nature. And how does this wisdom reflection change your experience of the heart state, mind state?
0: Just nature.
1: And lastly, how can I hold this with a little more compassion, a little more care? This might be a very simple move back to the belly, feeling nourished by that center, that grounding,
2: or feeling the weight of your earth body, sitting on the bigger mother earth body, letting her hold you.
1: Nourish could be just finding a pleasant sensation in the body and staying with that for a bit. Could be using the phrases that Carol offered yesterday, the kindness phrases.
0: May I find peace and ease in the midst of this experience. May I be protected from inner and outer harm. May I feel healthy in body and mind.
1: May I find the confidence and courage to be with this just as it is. Also for nourish,
2: if you have a caring figure or find refuge and lineage and ancestors, you can call them in too. And feel a kind of sangha accompaniment in your experience
0: and your practice.
2: And then, lastly, continuing with this felt sense of being in the body, holding yourself with care, we'll do what's called after the rain. So, if your eyes are closed, just gently opening them in your own timing. And first, you might keep a soft downward gaze. And noticing how it is now, the eyes open, having been with this particular emotion. Is there more clarity, a heightened sense of presence with yourself? And continuing to nourish, if you're looking down at the floor here in the room, you might just take in the beautiful pattern of the wood. If you're at home, you might
1: look at your cat or your carpet or your fireplace, something pleasant near you. Then perhaps raising the
2: gaze and just letting your eyes roam around. Looking up and around, you can turn, just taking in the light
1: and the texture No need to think too much about what you're seeing. Just letting seeing happening. Feeling how just gently
2: moving the eyes about the room. It has a very subtle regulating effect in the nervous system. And so knowing if you're really stuck in something, just opening the eyes and letting them wander. Can be very healing, helpful,
1: and then after the rain, just notice how is it
0: now? Is it different? Yeah. Good. So thank you for your practice.
2: Hmm. I have a poem I wanted to share. Just at the end of our formal time. This is called The Way It Is by Rosemary Watola Traumer. Over and over we break open. We break and we break and we open. For a while we try to fix the vessel as if to be broken is bad. As if with glue and tape and a steady hand We might bring things to perfect again. As if there ever were perfect. As if to be broken is not also perfect. As if to be open is not the path toward joy. The vase that's been shattered and cracked will never hold water. Eventually it will leak. And at some point, perhaps, we decide that we're done with picking our flowers anyway, and no longer need to place need a place to contain them. We watch them grow just as wildflowers do, unfenced, unmanaged, blossoming only when they're ready. And my God, how beautiful they are amidst the mounting pile of shards. We watch them grow just as wildflowers do, unfenced, unmanaged, blossoming only on their own time. So our rain is watering all these flowers, and the invitation is just to let them be natural, right? Let that flower open naturally on its own timing. So we have a little bit of time for questions. And just as Oren was suggesting yesterday, uh, if you have a group this morning, maybe just hold your question until then. So folks who don't have a group this morning, you're welcome to ask, and very helpful to keep your questions specific to this practice, what you're doing here, how it's going, um, reflections, questions, insights about this.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you. Hi. My question is how do you recommend us meditate in physical pain?
2: Mm, good question. So, how to meditate in physical pain? Um, My first response is, I would hope that we would find a posture that wasn't so painful. So I think Nico offered some, but um, really to let yourself be creative with what posture feels right. You know, chair, bench, a lot of cushions. Um, You can practice some lying down meditation in your room um, to find some way that the body is at ease. Because samadhi, this gathering of the mind, comes often when we're at least in some measure of ease. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's a, it's a knowing your threshold of pain. And if we're in too much, it's very hard to stay balanced and steady. So a lot of compassion to find a way that the body can be supported. Um, Walking meditation is a wonderful way to feel supported. Sometimes the stillness practice, all kinds of things can happen, but in the walking there might be more ease. So first, finding something that feels right for your body. And then with pain, you know, you can do RAIN in the same way. If it's not overwhelming, if you find you can stay with it, recognizing, oh, this pain, and then naming, is it a kind of sharp? you know, stinging kind of pain, is it twisting and aching, is it a dull throb, you know, getting very curious about what those sensations are, physical pain, just like you would with mental or emotional pain. Um, Again, always watching out for your threshold so you're not wanting to flood and don't want to overwhelm. Sometimes we think, oh, it's good meditation to go way into the pain and then really dig around in there. Again, you want to be very careful. Use the titrate and the pendulate. Um, but if you're still with it and it's, you know, at about a 2 or 3 on the scale of 10, uh, allow it. Can I be with this? You know, even just a short amount of time. It doesn't have to be all day. But can I just really be with this for a little while and see how does it change? You know, is there more to know? Are there other maybe pleasant feelings alongside this pain? So allowing it and then investigating in the same way. Non-identification, that one's sometimes hard with pain, but can we reflect, this is just nature, right? Not personal to me. And then a deep nurturing, really important to nourish at the end, you know? So that might be, okay, now I'm shifting, I'm taking some breaths, I'm going to something more pleasant, really spending some time with the trees, whatever feels like it's deeply nourishing for you because it's, you know, being with pain like this is difficult. And I would, you know, be very cautious about not getting to your pain threshold, staying pretty far from that, you know. So this is all this suggestion practice I'm doing is really if the pain is, is slight. If it's big, then I would just find a way to be more comfortable in your body. It's not masochistic what we're doing here. <laughs> so work with a lot of compassion. Thank you,
0: yeah, in the back Maybe raise your hand again, yeah,
1: great, hi, and uh, Nicole um. My question, I guess, is really what's been coming up for me is like anxious joy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And joy is something that I think I'm not that comfortable with. Mm. And so and I feel like there's so much articulation about pain. Yeah. And I'm, not that I'm not that I'm doing it wrong by being so joyful. No. But <laughs> I guess um, the joy just feels so overwhelming.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So glad you're asking this question. Yeah. Thank you for naming that. There's a lot of joy that comes from this practice. You know, not to set up expectations, not wrong if you're not feeling joy, but if you are, yeah, let's do rain with that. You know, sometimes it's so big. It sounds like what you're feeling. It's like so big, you just need a bigger container to hold it, you know? And I would, in my Sometimes, sometimes like, embody it a little bit like Orin was suggesting yesterday, like, let your body move with that joy, you know, you can go outside and feel it, feel the spaciousness of it, feel it filling the whole land. You can offer it, you know, joy is such a beautiful gift. So offer it to whoever needs it, let it fill the room, you know, may everybody feel this kind of joy that I'm having. Um, Just, just as, you know, legitimate a feeling (laughs) As any of these other emotions. So as we keep going, we start to notice each one has such a flavor and we might not even have, I mean, of course we might prefer joy over sorrow, but in practice, often they're same, right? We can do the same practice regardless and there's lots to learn. So the only like tricky thing with all these happiness states is sometimes we get attached So you might just stay curious. It doesn't sound like this is happening, but stay curious if there's a kind of stickiness that comes. If it starts to fade, like, oh, what happened to my joy? (laughs) And watch that. You know, just watch the attitude about it. But I'm happy for you. That's wonderful. Make it vague. Enjoy it. Yeah. Good.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, question over here.
1: Could you talk a little bit about the relationship between sleep and rest and practice? Mm. Um I arrived here exhausted. I had two very difficult nights of not much sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I wondered if I'd be able to stay at the retreat mm-hmm. because of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And somehow, I did manage to come into more of a balance, mm-hmm. and some of that was knowing I just need to rest and not sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sleep is generally an issue for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so of course, here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wonder,
2: um, yeah, I just love your thoughts on that. Thank mm. you. Yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, it's one that's close to my heart too, um having lived with insomnia for years um and just a name, often there's a subtle or not so subtle expectation in this practice um, that we should be sleeping less, right? The schedule is pretty rigorous. There's a sense of, you know, valuing awakeness over sleep, sleep. And this is my own opinion. But I've had to work really hard to dismantle that expectation and the kind of feels very strivey, yogi mind to like stay up late and get up early just because I have a particular standard I'm trying to meet. And then all the rest of my day is very sleepy and not skillful. So again, this is my perspective. I like to really encourage people to sleep and rest as much as they need. You know, this is could be your sleep retreat. And sometimes we really need that. You know, those of us who are running on empty for a lot of our lives, take a week to sleep, so healthy, so healing, you know, and when our nervous systems are so dysregulated, this is a place that might help you regulate, maybe, you know, often it's harder if it's not your own bed, but, um, to do all the things you know that regulate you, you know, so even like a bath at night or a certain very like yin yoga poses. Do all the things, you know, if this week is about regulating your sleep, make that your thing. And then I like your distinction between rest and sleep, because maybe that's sometimes more what we need is just the rest. And this all day long can be your rest. You know, in meditation, there's really, really nothing to do. You don't even have to do a technique if you just let the mind rest, um, Everything you do, that could be your intention. How can I do this restfully? Eating restfully, walking restfully, lying down whenever you need to in your room. So, just a big invitation to take care of that part. And then, my teachers, you know, I would go in for years with a lot of dukkha around sleep, and, you know, I'm trying to get up early and I'm trying to be good. And they would just be very gentle, knowing like that comes naturally. You can trust the flow of the practice that, and there's no timeline. (laughs) doesn't mean like if you're good you should be you know not sleeping much every retreat it's all very organic um but over time this practice is energy giving you know very naturally very gently I find I'm not pushing it and there's no agenda over time I'm given energy and I maybe need a little bit less but again no expectation let your body speak to you um I think especially in these times We just need to sleep more, (laughs) need to rest more. We're not really trained to do it. So that's my very personal answer for you. I hope that's helpful, yeah.
0: Time for maybe one more.
1: I noticed with the
2: RAIN practice that by A, the acceptance, my emotion kind of evaporated. Evaporated? Yeah. Ah. Uh, Kind of like it reminded me of when I'm looking at a star and, you know, you can't see it if you look directly at it. Yeah. And I'm finding that's happening with a few things in my practice Mm -hmm. and just wondering why that is and if I should be staying with it through to the end. Yeah. Great question. This is a good one for both thoughts and emotions. Anyone else had that experience of, okay, I'm really going to, like, focus on this thought now? <laughs> and then, whoop, Gone. <laughs> they're, they're tricky. <laughs> and emotions, too. You think, I'm going to dig in here now, and then, whoop, like the fog. So that just happens, I wouldn't struggle against it, you know? Just notice, okay, now this has shifted. What else can I allow? You know, so you're allowing the dissolving, the evaporating, as long, you know, you're just as the same as you're allowing your experience. Um, sometimes we sort of dig, try to get it back. And that not necessary. It'll come back on its own if it wants your attention. So it's sort of, again, like this play. It's like a game of hide and seek a little bit. Um, but you want to let your mind give it a lot of room to play. You know, give it all the hiding places and then just trust it. You're sort of just sitting here like, okay. Whenever you're ready, I'm gonna be here. You know, I'm curious. I'm watching. I'm not looking for you. (laughs) I'm just letting, you know, like a wild animal, like let it come to you on its own time, and then you can try again. Some of this stuff, it's it's like your body actually is naturally titrating, because sometimes if we have really deep stuff, we're not ready to see it fully and allow it fully, and that's healthy. Right, It's like your body's natural defense system is kicking in, so we want to honor that. Don't push it. You know, can't push the lotus petals open. Um, And it might just be something you don't need to, doesn't need your attention. It's fine. You know, just coming and going. So I would just really relax, trust that. Notice when it evaporates, notice when it comes back, just stay mindful with the whole process. Yeah. Good. Thank you. These are really wonderful questions, everyone. I really feel your practice, and they're so practical and useful. So thank you for your generosity and those who are asking. Just a couple of announcements. Here on the land, we'll meet with the second half of you this morning. So if you weren't seen yesterday, you should be seen today. You should be in a group. And please make sure you've checked the board and you know your time and location for that. Those of you online... Um, you're starting your second round. We're a little bit, um, different rhythm with you all. So you'll just be seen, I think, by Matthew this morning, your second round of groups. Um, Nico is doing signups again today. There's uh, room for four folks now, so you can check that board if you're needing support. Um, he'll be offering those signups every day, so if you don't make it today, um, tomorrow and we want to really emphasize today as we get into the heart of the retreat the continuity of your practice so we've been mentioning this but keeping your home base as carol was saying throughout the day not just in any particular posture you know as you get up from the cushion what's your thought are you thinking about where you're going to walk are you thinking about the bathroom line (laughs) You know, notice all of the transitional stuff that's going on. That's why, you know, mind is happening all the time. So we're folding this in. Stay in your body, but also be aware of thoughts and emotions as you move, especially in the in-betweening. You know, how are you in your room? How are you when you're brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, um, navigating space with people? So we're building this. So Ideally, mindfulness is happening to some degree all throughout the day. So continuity and enjoy. You've built up, you know, there's some effort now. You have some gathering, you have some presence. So we really want to use it now. Enjoy it. Your mind is not the same as it was two or three days ago. So use it. Great. So I'll just pass to Nico who will give some instructions on mindful walking.
0: Okay. Walking.
3: I love walking meditation. I don't know what these people are talking about, <laughs> where they had all kinds of problems getting into it. I love walking meditation. And as uh, Devin was speaking, I was just wondering to myself, why do I love walking meditation so much? And there's a lot of reasons but I only have three minutes. So one reason that I love walking meditation so much is because it's the, I'm going to say something big. It's the best training for continuity of mindfulness in everyday life. So I love sitting still too, I really do. But something about walking meditation, I can feel how it is building this muscle of mindfulness in a way that will just naturally move into my days. So that's one reason I love it. It's this kind of training of how to be awake, how to be aware, even as the body is in motion. And so I'll just remind you, when we're doing walking meditation in this lineage, in this tradition, it's really nice to pick a lane, like I've seen a lot of you doing, 10 to 12, 10 to 20 maybe steps. And what I like to do, I come into walking meditation.
0: The first thing I do is just stand. Just feel, how is the body now? And then I'll walk my lane and pause. That's a beautiful moment. Nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Just pause, feel, and then turn around and walk my lane. And that's it. But within that simplicity
3: of the form, there's so much happening.
0: It's like the fireworks of consciousness. And this form, the structure allows me to be with those fireworks, right? It allows
3: me to be with the heart and mind, moment by moment by moment. So we're really in the heart of the retreat now. The submarine is submerged. We're under, we're all in it together. And this is your moment, to really explore sitting and walking, and sitting
0: and walking. And what happens? What opens if you just follow that schedule? It can be pretty fun, pretty
3: fun. Even the dukkha, pretty interesting actually. So that's the invitation is in this heart of the retreat. Now, really let this, scare, this, just let this schedule carry you, you know? And it's sitting period, you sit. When it's walking period, you walk and you just move with that flow.
0: Mm. Enjoy.